Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Which criminal figure from Boston history fascinates you the most, and why? Boston criminals? Yeah. Do you think of any? No. None? No. Okay. I mean, well, I went to a prison. He, uh, in my high school, he was, I guess, a criminal. And he learned his mistake. And, um, yeah, he, like, basically, like, taught us, like, don't, you know, don't do this stuff. Like, this will happen. So he basically, like, teaches, like, you know, bad over over good so that's pretty like nice of him like he learned like what he did wrong and then he brings like to other like teens of like don't do that like he shared his stories like stuff that was pretty like cool previously in greater boston if the bespins report some kind of crime we'd need to investigate it right are you listening to yourself right now i'm afraid we've decided to take a firm hand we're cutting squeezy stress balls from our budget entirely oh man have you ever found yourself in a situation where you want to help someone who's clearly struggling or in pain, but helping them would force you into an unethical position? Redline. Arlene yeah. King. Dorchester. Jamaica right. Plain. Uh, Rubio. Hanson. Wellesley. Lowell. Redline. Well, uh, I'm from Somerville. Peabody. Tewksbury. Rosalindale. Andover. Dorchester. Framingham. Bedford, this is... This is... Rivia. Methuen. This is... This is... Greater Boston. This week in Greater Boston, Episode 20, Criminals. Bishop to C4. Bishop to C4. (laughs) Interesting. A touch more aggressive than last time, Mr. Stomatis. I think I may be getting under your skin with this game. (laughs) Oh, I suppose that's insensitive, given your condition. What's it like not having any skin? I imagine it would feel a great deal more liberating than having it. Skin, bodies, such cumbersome things. One of the many reasons I prefer not to move around. All those people down there, buzzing and bustling and bumping into one another. There's no order in that, no matter how fast they buzz or how hard they bump. They're all just convincing themselves that the faster they move, the more they're doing. But we know better. Don't we, Mr. Stomatis? We know that true order, true control, happens not with motion, but with stasis. Moves need to be measured out slowly. Calculated with care, not forced forward all frenzied and frantic like decapitated poultry. For every action, there is a reaction. So, what kind of counter-moves must I plan for you, Mr. Stomatis? What are you up to? Let's see what my most annoying and loyal subordinate has to say today. 
Dear Mightiest Promulgator, Forgive me for delaying your lunch, but I thought it would be wise to inform you that our mutual friend at the Garden of Death has requested yet again to meet you face to face. She was quite insistent on it, to the point where I worried she may have slipped something inside the minced tuna cancer carcass tubed in complex carbohydrates you're primed to consume. I suspect it may be something even more repulsive than that which you regularly draw your formidable energy from. I'd offer to taste test it for you, but as I'm sure you're aware by now, I am vegan and my spiritual commitments prevent me from actively participating in the degradation of any animal, living or dead. Forgive my failings in this regard, but I thought it would be wise to pass on how aggressive this particular contact is becoming. She became quite hostile at the very sight of me and told me to pass on the following message. Hold the beans. Your loyal subordinate, Dipshit Paletti. It seems your sibling requires another reminder about her position on the board, Mr. Stomatis. Speaking of position, queen to F3. I wonder if you think of your sister as a piece I've claimed from you. A captured pawn, perhaps. You should know I don't view her as such. If you'll allow me to continue the allegory, I saw her more as a trapped king, ready to surrender to the chaos of being boxed in by countless aggressive opponents surrounding her position. She needed someone to show her all the various strategies and moves that were at her disposal if she were willing to simply embrace her position and try them. I gave that to her. I gave her the comfort of control, action, reaction. Granted, she was in an extremely delicate position. She'd lost you, after all. Your younger brother abandoned her. She was alienated from her city, its citizens. She was disappointed at her own actions, or lack thereof. And there I was, reaching out and promising Nika the gift of knowledge when she was at her lowest when no one else was willing to see the potential she carried. Perhaps nobody understood what she needed. There's no better cure for one suffering chaos than the opportunity to become the chaos. The answer to chaos is order, as you know. But chaos isn't something you can truly control, not really. So the real secret to maintaining order lies with creating controlled chaos. Ah, my lunch. Have you made your next move so soon? That seems unlikely. Dear Ollie. <sighs> How many times have I told her I despise that juvenile moniker? I wanted to remind you about Ada's crunk dancing practice tomorrow evening. You said you'd bring him to the last one. You said you'd make it to the last three, in fact. I know you're busy with work, and I'm trying, Ollie. I want to believe there's hope. But if you honestly want to remain part of my future, you need to be less busy with work and much busier with us. Help Ada with his crunking, or at least watch him crunk. He needs to see that I need to see it too. We need more of you, less of these damn tubes. Sincerely, Autumn. Oh, crunking. It takes all of my power to force my mouth to form the syllables required to spit out the word. 
I'd understand if it was some other form of dance. Dancing takes considerable control and study mixed with natural grace. But this crunking claptrap? I don't understand what he sees in it. Human beings forcing their bodies into mechanical, apparently painful positions at extremely varying speeds, making them look like short-circuiting androids who've had buckets of cold water dumped on their heads? Uh, I suppose there's a competitive element to it. Frequently the dancers face off and direct their crunk moves at each other in some kind of showdown that resembles the end of a Godzilla feature. If Godzilla and Mothra were replaced by two monster-sized, classically trained ballet-dancing epileptics in the midst of dual seizures. But how can I help Ada overcome his opponent when I don't even understand what it means to out-crunk someone? It was so much easier when he played t-ball. Oh, Ada was terrible, but I understood the game then. I could advise him. And when his t-ball team's opponents regularly outscored his, I simply bought the companies that sponsored their teams and liquefied their resources. It ended the league. But in the end, Ada and the rest of the Brookline Bombers sponsored by the Regal Beagle stood alone in the t-ball battlefield. Alone and victorious. Perhaps I will force myself to make an appearance at this crunk recital. For I know my place on the board. You must think I'm some raging egomaniac, Mr. Stomatis. You must think I have a much higher opinion of myself than I do. All of this planning, this strategy, this controlled chaos I'm manipulating for my ends, it is a long con indeed. But it will do more than save my publishing empire. It will allow everyone to see that it is vital. Influential, even. And then, even Autumn will understand my ambition. Third Sight won't only have a future. Third Sight will be the future. Journalism before the story. Publishing before the prose. The internet nearly made us obsolete because the internet moves at the speed of thought. Third Sight will soon be faster than that. Third Sight will move beyond the limits of time. And so, by extension, will I. And so will Ada. And Autumn. I will be a part of their future, because I will be the future. How can I make time to watch Ada crunk when I have an entire future to mold for him like a great renaissance sculptor? A sculptor of the gods. Black King concedes? Player surrenders? Why? why? Why would you, why would you do that? You, you have more pieces than I do? Superior positioning? I, I don't. Ah, uh, what now? There have been quite a few incidents regarding employees sneaking extra squeezy stress balls for personal use. We have a limited supply left and I'd like to relocate them to the charm protected secure supply closet. Would you kindly remind me of the security parameters needed for entrance? Hmm. Mr. Paletti isn't sounding nearly his typical reverent self. Perhaps an overtly cruel reminder of my power is in order. I hardly have time to be his subordinate. I have a future to sculpt, and your abrupt surrender to contemplate. 
But those expensive stress releases aren't going to suppress themselves, I suppose. <clears throat> Dearest Mr. Paletti. Which criminal figure from Boston's history fascinates you the most, and why? Is Whitey Bulger one? I think the only one I know is Whitey Bulger, who I think I saw in the UMass Boston parking lot in the early 90s. Oh, it has to be Whitey Bulger. Um, Whitey Bulger, definitely, he was an Irish, you know, he, he ruled Southie back in, what, the, the 60s, 70s, 80s, around. The only, the only one I can think of is Whitey Bulger. Yeah, and like a... half the people I know kind of look at him as like a hero. Oh, that's oh, disturbing. Oh no, yeah. It's like Whitey Bulger because he got away with what he got away with for so long. For, it would probably have to be Whitey Bulger. I'd say Whitey Bulger because I have relatives who knew him, who lived in the neighborhood and ultimately moved because they, you know. Actually, I like criminals a lot. That's, that's <laughs> something bad to say, but Mer uh, um, what's his name? Jeffrey Dahmer was one of my favorites, so. One murder that did happen fascinates me the most, so the murderer must fascinate me. He, like, burned the body near English High School and left it there. I think that fascinates me the most. Why is that? Because every time I drive past there, I'm like, there was a burning body back there. Mm. That's pretty creepy. Are you okay? I haven't heard from you in a while. Man, am I swamped. The tubes. They won't stop coming. The tubes? Article requests from the man upstairs, mostly. Must have pissed him off. Maybe crossed astrological style guides again? I don't know. Want to Netflix and the net binge watch tonight? The second season of Bright Sessions came out a couple of days ago. Oh, it's so good. I, like, mainlined it the day it came out. Oh, already? Yeah, I'm sorry. Phil is like a really big fan and he got us all excited about it, so we just ordered up some sausage and eggplant Armandos and went to town. Ah, uh, no big deal. I probably won't have time to watch it at this rate anyway. We should hang out soon though. Maybe Thursday? It looks like you're free for lunch. To be honest, I, I've been so busy I haven't even been updating the calendar. But I'll do that when I get home tonight, and then we'll see what's available. Sounds like a plan. Don't let them overwork you too much, okay? Don't you guys have HR? Yeah. Honestly, he's been really great to me. Keeps sneaking me these stress balls that help calm me down, even though he's not supposed to. Hey, I am really happy about Phil. Oh, God, it's, it's nothing at this point. I hope it's something. I hope it's a good something. You deserve it. Especially after everything with Leon. I know he was a good friend, but... I know he could also be difficult. He couldn't be that bad. He had you, after all. Michael? Sorry, I just... It just dawned on me that, uh... I mean, so much of how I see Leon is what he did for me. How he helped me. I never really considered... Uh, I never, uh... I hadn't thought, uh... You never considered what he was getting out of the deal? Based on where I'm standing, he got a fuck ton of quality friendship. Thanks. Now, get to work so we can schedule some time to hang out. You got it, boss lady. Ugh, never say that again. You got it, Lou. Or that. Alright, you got it, LA. Ugh. Goodbye, MT. Hello? We got a job. 
Big Red Vandalism, and Break-In. Ugh, you guys really need to get another crime photographer. We'll add it to the list. I was just about to check out Little Donkey with Phil. I don't even want to know what kind of euphemism that is for you weirdo breeders. No, no, no. Oh, God. I need you on this, okay? It's important. That sounds ominous. More than something called Little Donkey. It's a restaurant! Just meet me in 45. Ashmont Line, headed inbound now. If it keeps its schedule, we should hit it at Fields Corner. Fine. Folks, thanks to a little untimely police activity, we're going to be hanging tight at Fields Corner for a few. I know times like this can be frustrating. Some of you have jobs to get to, even if this doesn't fall within the typical 9 to 5. If you're a citizen and you need to transition to other forms of transportation, just remember to submit your travel reimbursement to the lead car by the end of the month. Non-citizens headed to work? Sorry about that. Maybe consider Redline residents. Ask your rail hosts for more info. Shouldn't take long. Just need to give city investigators time to document what happened. They're going to scope out outside. Once they head inside, we should get moving again. Took you long enough. More of that little donkey business? Shut up. All right, what do we got? Whoa. Yeah. Missing person? Spray painted over the whole big red. Who's the resident? What do we know? That's the thing. Yes. It's the Bespin's place. They own both of these big reds. Gemma. I know what you're thinking, but I had nothing to do with the graffiti, I swear. Well, that's awfully convenient. Look, if I was going to spray paint all over the she-beast's house, it'd be something along the lines of, uh, Queen McColossal Asshole. Nobody dislikes them more than me. I've actually worked for them before, remember that. And you'll be working for them again if she ends up as mayor, so remember that, too. Look... When we get inside, be liberal with your film, if you know what I mean. You're really not putting me at ease about having nothing to do with this. Look at me. I swear to you, on the curve of that crystal ball, I had nothing to do with this graffiti. Fair enough. Is she home? I mean, how are we going to get inside? I have access. We can go in whenever you're ready. Without them or a warrant? It's a crime scene. It's been reported. And we can't have the trains delayed for hours every time we need to wait for someone to come home. Doesn't that violate her constitutional rights? That's what's written into their rail home contract. Every resident who has a lawyer worth his salt knows this is the price of admission. This is the price of admission? Yes. This and the constant motion, noise, smell of piss, rats. When you sign something, your rights go down the toilet, okay? Weird. What? It kind of looks like the window is broken from the inside here. There's glass on the inside, though. Well, yeah, but the pattern is all wrong. If you look at the impact of the glass, the stress marks imply that somebody hit it on the inside rather than the other way around. Glass must have been moved around after the fact. You can tell all that from taking its picture? I mean, what can I say? I got a good eye. You ready to go in? Sure. Okay, folks. Looks like we're ready to get underway again. Watch the rules, hang on tight, and if you're a visitor to our fair city, try to be extra courteous to your rail hosts. Hmm. It doesn't look like much was taken. I mean, a few things are knocked over, but this place is filled with expensive junk. None of this makes much sense. What are you doing? Hey, if we're here, we might as well take advantage. Charlotte asked you explicitly not to- Charlotte asked me to do my job, and right now, that's all I'm doing. 
I'm some weird kind of city crime overseer person, right? I'm investigating a crime. If I stumble upon another crime in the process, whopty shit. I guess I'm having a busy day. You said you didn't do this. I said the spray paint wasn't me, and it wasn't. So you broke in then? No, I broke out. You're very good at this detective business, by the way. I'm not having any part of this. Look, I broke a window, okay? I snuck in, but didn't want to look around until I could be protected under the guise of the law. So I broke a window, and here we are. And this spray paint shit? That happened anyway. It's the reason I came out here in the first place, so the way I see it, this is divine goddamn intervention. (sighs) Sorry, Monty. Hey. Hey. Look at this. No. Dear Mrs. Bespin, I have been following with great interest your efforts to file legal proceedings against the city of Redline pursuant to the appropriation of your wedding photos and matrimonial service concept. This is it. This is everything right here. Come get a picture of this. No. Fine. I'll do it. You could have done that without dragging me into this, you know? I know. Well, thanks so much for thinking of me. I... I didn't want to do it alone. I mean, Monty's here, but no offense, Monty... You're too young to be a partner in crime. I was scared. Gemma, I don't want to be your part. What? Who's that? Jesus, Marion, motherfucking Joseph. Sir? Sir, are, are, are you okay? Is he knocked out? Sir? Hello? Anyone home, big fella? Oh my god, oh my god, it's Ethan. It's it's her husband. He's dead. He's a cheese robot. I gotta get a new job. Hi, I'm Yusuf Dahl, and when I was 18, I was convicted of selling drugs. For the past three years, I've had difficulty finding housing because it is legal in the United States to discriminate against individuals that have a past drug distribution conviction on their record for life. It doesn't matter if it was a hard drug like heroin or a drug that's now legal or partially legal in many states across the country, like marijuana. The Thurman Amendment was introduced to the Fair Housing Act in 1988 by segregationist Strom Thurman, and it's since been used to deny housing to all people. But because people of color are disproportionately jailed for drug charges, we are affected more. My goal is to overturn this amendment to start an end to housing discrimination that unfairly targets people of color. If you would like to join this movement, please visit ThurmanAmendment.org to learn more. A message from the Fable and Folly Network. Dear Diary, It's been quite some time since I've written you and much has changed. Change is a funny thing. It implies a sudden shift of rapid action. I experienced such a sudden shift last time I wrote to you, standing on the Longfellow Bridge, watching that woman throw her bottle into the Charles. But now I believe most change happens slowly. The long, low rumble of thunder, as opposed to the fast flash of lightning. I find myself in a unique position. I want to help someone at work who is under considerable duress, as I once was, but to help him would place myself and my job at considerable risk. Surprisingly, 
I am unconcerned about these risks. My job was the reason for my original sorrow, and now that I've embraced new hope and purpose, it's time to stop reflecting and start acting. It's time for me to do something bold, to throw my bottle into the Charles, so to speak, to inspire someone else as someone once inspired me. And so I'm about to embark on a secret, dangerous mission. A mission that many would agree betrays my position in human resources at third sight. Not I. All too often, people responsible for human resources fail to live up to that very name, playing the part of the employee advocate, but acting as nothing more than a company stooge. But today I will be a resource, a human resource as will the many, many balls I plan to steal and secure for a friend. Tyrell. Okay, thought Tyrell as he walked into Third Sight carrying two boxes of Union Square donuts. Okay, I can do this. I've got this. He realized as long as he'd been alive, he'd never self-referenced the words, I've got this. Hearing them in his head was yet another surprising change. And perhaps even more surprising, he believed the words. He had his plan, and he knew he could pull it off. Tyrell would secure those balls if it was the last thing he did. Hey, Natalie. Hey, Allison. I ran out for lunch and got donuts. Ooh, nice. Sea salted bourbon caramel? You know it. You so rock, Tyrell. Stage one, Mm -hmm. distraction. Bishop to C4. Nothing distracted like sweets in the break room. And the break room was on the other side of the super secure supply closet, which only two third side employees had access to. Hey, Wanda. Hey, Abdulaziz. Donut? Fuck yes. Maple bacon? Oh, that's what's up. You're a lifesaver, Terrell. Plenty more. I'm going to make the rounds and drop the rest in the break room. Stage two, gain the security clearance for the supply closet. He wouldn't likely get the clearance from extinction, uh, dipshit. So instead, he needed to distract dipshit, too. Distract dipshit, and then pretend to be dipshit. Manipulating dip, uh, Mr. Paletti. An interesting move. Hey, Tom. Hey, Jonas. Have you guys seen the boss? You mean dipshit? I haven't seen him, Tyrell, but I'd be happy to look for him. Dipshit! Dipshit! Come here, dipshit! Tyrell needs you, dipshit! Uh, Hey, are those donuts? Are they dipshit's donuts? They're for everyone. Here, Jonas. That's a vegan one. Sweet. I'll have a few more in the break room. Gonna grab a coffee. Come on. I see you purchased more office donuts. I hope you didn't waste company money on such fattening frivolity. I paid for them. They're for the office. I don't suppose there are any vegan ones left in there. I bought you a half a dozen. For the office? For you. A half a dozen vegan donuts. Just for you. I... that's... that's incredibly wasteful, Tyrell. Shame on you. Do you know how much environmental damage is caused just by the creation of one of your precious rotund pastries? Not to mention the gluttonous act of assuming one human being could and should consume more than one. There's world hunger and crippling poverty to concern yourself with before you go overboard with your insane desire to kill our colleagues with calories. You can take them home, or give them to Jonas, or let someone else have them. Which flavor are the vegan ones? Vanilla bean. I'll try one. Thank you, Tyrell. You're welcome. The rest will be in Michael's office if you want more. Why there? 
I think he has a question for you. Stage three was to secure Michael an alibi. When word got out that the balls were gone, Michael would be a prime suspect, and that just wouldn't do. Michael is working on a Dear Leon letter. Perhaps I should help him finish it. Hey, Michael. Donut? Hey, Terrell. Thanks. I... I barely have time for any today. I'll leave one here just in case. More in the break room if you get hungry. Thanks. Hey, um, Dipshit should pop in your office in about a minute. He's going to ask you what your question is. Could you hand him something from me when he asks that? Uh, sure. I guess. Just give him this envelope. You got it. Tyrell dropped the rest of the donuts off in the break room, where all the employees were already savoring all the flavors. Yes, baked funtime donut cones. These are my favorite. Enjoy, everyone. He locked the door behind him. Only for a few minutes, now the time crunch began. He needed to work fast. Did Tyrell just lock the door? There's donuts. Who gives a shit? Back toward Dipshit's office, far enough away not to be noticed. Dipshit was in the process of sending the Daily Tuna up the tube. Tyrell hid behind a large banner outlining several psychic symbols. Harmony. An eight-sprocketed gear under a horizontal crescent moon. Adaptability. Some kind of turtle-lizard hybrid. Freedom and emancipation. Two childlike drawings of pants, combined and facing away from each other at the seam. Finally, dipshit headed towards Michael's office. Fascinating planning. Black King concedes. Player surrenders. The timing was crucial. Tyrell needed every second he could spare. He rushed into Dipshit's office and sent his forged message up the tube. And he waited. And waited. And waited. And heard a faint knock on the break room door. And finally... Dearest Mr. Paletti, the code for the secure supply closet is 2914. Say, campfire death duty three times before crossing the threshold to disarm the charm. Reset the charm before leaving via the Stanton Manning method, drawing a Nazar symbol clearly inside a solid representation of an ank on the floor in front of you. Repeat the charm code above three times, then swiftly exit the door. Make sure the door is locked, but do not attempt to open it without disarming the charm. That would be a serious waste of printer ink. And remember who you're addressing next time you submit such a request. Show me more of your typical humility. Tyrell rushed to the regular supply closet where the abundance of spare stress balls were already stowed in mail carts. And off we go. He pushed the balls down the hall to the left past Dipshit's office. To the secret, secure supply closet. Campfire death duty. Campfire death duty. Campfire death duty. Being in HR had its privileges. No, he wasn't allowed access into the super secret supply closet, but he did know its contents, including a special pneumatic tube. The only one used to transport messages outside the office. The only one Tyrell knew about, of course. It was an express message system to an executive parking spot where Tyrell's car was presently pre-parked. Windows rolled down. Balls away! As fast as he could manage, Tyrell placed ball after ball into the tube. And when his cart was empty... I think that's an honk. 
hope it is. We'll find out, I guess. Campfire death duty. Campfire death duty. Campfire death duty. Back to the previous closet where another box of donuts was stored. Tyrell dropped off the cart, grabbed the box, and rushed to the break room. What the hell, Tyrell? What? Oh, the door. Sorry about that. Anyway, more donuts? Awesome! Yeah! Yeah! You know, sometimes I hate Tyrell, but then sometimes you're amazing, like this. Out Thank the you. front door, down the elevator, out to the parking lot, racing to his car. There it was. It worked. His Mazda was loaded full of squeezy stress balls, to the point where they were ready to roll out. One did, in fact. It bounced against the cement and rolled over until it stopped at someone's foot. Someone... Someone he knew. You! You, you work here, right? I, is your boss around? Dipshit. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, I just really need to speak to him. I don't... I'm not sure I can do this anymore. He wanted to tell her everything. He wanted to explain to her just what she'd done for him. But he didn't have the words, and he needed to complete his crime. So instead, instead he bent down, picked up the squeezy stress ball, and hurled it at third sight. She looked at him quizzically for a moment. Then she nodded with near comprehension. Tyrell raced to his car and almost got in. But first he plucked one ball from the small mountain in his car, raced back to the woman, and handed it to her. Here. Thanks. And then, he was gone. Michael. Oh, hey. You're staring at that letter awfully hard. Yeah, uh, it's this Dear Leon letter I've been having a hard time responding to. This is the third, actually, and I just... You have my vegan donuts, and also express a desire to speak with me. Here. I guess these are for you. Tyrell told me to give this to you, too. Dear Dipshit, I understand that in our business, names can hold very important meanings. Tyrell means one who rules with thunder. That doesn't really sound like me. Dipshit doesn't really sound like you. Gerald sounds like you. You used to sound like Gerald. Perhaps it's time to find that sound again. I wish you luck. When I first met you, you were so passionate about the world, about nature, about human rights, and about people's well-being. I hope you remember. You were once a good person and can be again but you've let Third Sight turn your good qualities sour. You look at everyone and judge them, holding them to too high a standard. Remember, everyone is only trying to do their best. How can you try your best? How can you try your best to help everyone else try their best? With this letter, I hereby resign as Human Resources Director of Third Sight Media. Tyrell. 
Greater Boston is written and produced by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen with recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. In order of appearance, this episode featured Braden Lamb as Leon Stamatis, Mike Linden as Oliver West, James Capabianco as Dipshit Paletti, Beth Eyre as Autumn West, James Oliva as Michael Tate, Julia Propp as Luisa Alvarez, Lydia Anderson as Gemma Linzer Coolidge, Jim Johansson as Rusty the MBTA Driver, the Cheese Robot, and Jonas, Kelly McCabe as Nika Stamatis, and Arun Sanuti as Tyrell Fredericks. Also featuring MJ Cogburn, Hari Raikalsa, Maximilian Defoe, Tanya Milojevic, Ben Flaumenhaft, Rick Coast, Erie Alexander, Shane Harris, Zoe Embler, and Sarah Golding as third site employees. Interviews recorded with Greater Boston residents. Charlie on the MTA is performed by Emily Peterson and Dirk Teedy. Isolation by Kevin McLeod. Unseen Green by David Lewis. Child Grove by Dirk Teedy. Drums by Jim Johansson. Some sound effects and music used from public domain and Creative Commons sources. Check out the shows from several of our special guests, including Radiation World, Mollyville, Jim Robbie and the Wanderers, the Audio Drama Production Podcast, Rick Coast Productions, and Darker Projects Productions. Episode transcripts will be posted online at greaterbostonshow.com. So I should be a sincere friend. Yeah. Okay. In that moment, at least. Not a snarky friend. Okay. snarky in other parts, but... Yeah. Great. But, like, snarky born of actual affection. (laughs) (laughs) Be affectionate and snarky at the exact same time. Jeff, it'll be like I'm talking to you. It'll be great. (laughs) I have to say that this is... The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is routine update log number six for Dr. Edison Tucker concerning my research into the town of Jerusalem, Oregon, and the existence of the supernatural, paranormal, mythological, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. Anyway, since arriving, I've definitely encountered some stuff that could be classified under weird ass. I mean, Where else does putting lamb's blood on people's doorways actually work as pest control? And nobody in town will talk to me about the picnic area near Lincoln's farm. Although, could be because everybody thinks I'm one of those monster hunting idiots. Which I'm not, okay? I am an experienced professional who takes my work extremely seriously, and I am going to prove this if it's the last thing I ever- Although, to be honest, I think the biggest mystery on my hands is how I'm going to survive living with Lucille Kensington, stuck-up extraordinaire. So, if you guys don't hear from me again, it wasn't something in the woods that got me. Probably. Where the Stars Fell. Available now wherever podcasts are found.